0: These days, beer means business. And for the most part, the breweries that are opening are small, local businesses. But there was a time when beer giants roamed this country. And if you lived in New England, there was no greater giant than the Narragansett Beer Company, affectionately known by locals as Gansett.
1: Ganset
0: Lager Beer. Narragansett Beer Company was founded in 1890 by six German immigrants and at one point grew to a 65% market share in New England. Okay, just think about that for a second. 2 out of every 3 beers in every bar and package store in New England had that infamous Gansett slogan, Made on honor, sold on merit, written on the can.
1: Narragansett
0: Narragansett was the first beer company to do major sports advertising. And they were the official beer of the Boston Red Sox for over 30 years.
1: Narragansett Lager Beer, the beer with that famous straight-from-the-barrel taste, presents this special sports feature. We hope you enjoy it.
0: The company also employed a then-unknown cartoonist to draw their advertisements. Named Theodore Geisel, he'd later go on to be known by another name, Dr. Seuss. Stories of the old brewery tell of fountains that literally flowed with Gansett beer. The company was at the height of its powers, arguably too big to fail. But monikers like that are often mentioned in hindsight. And after a series of buyouts, mergers, and increasingly obsolete brewery equipment, time slowly crippled this former beer giant. When Anheuser-Busch opened their New Hampshire brewery, basically in Narragansett's backyard, the writing was on the wall. By that point, Gansett was a pale shadow of its former self. And in 1983, this beer company, whose sole identity lived and breathed New England, shut down production and was moved to where all New Englanders eventually go. No, not Florida. Fort Wayne, Indiana. Indiana. The beer never quite tasted the same. Some say it was the water in Fort Wayne, but even if the label still read Narragansett, New Englanders weren't fooled. Sales were down across the country, and on October 27, 1998, Narragansett met its symbolic death. The once hallowed halls of the Narragansett Brewery in Cranston, Rhode Island, were demolished. I'm going to pause here for a second, because if you spent any time in New England lately you're probably thinking to yourself, what do you mean Gansett died? I saw one of those behind the bar the other day. And you'd be right. So how did Gansett manage to make a comeback? How do you revive a brand that relies so much on its history, good and bad? This season on The Growth Show, we're focusing on how you turn things around. Because whether it's changing a century old law, admitting you made a mistake, or just plain getting back to your roots, Everyone loves a good comeback story. I'm Megan Keeney-Anderson, and this is The Gross Show. The memories of Gansett never quite left some people's minds. And this story, well, it's basically all in thanks to them. And we begin with our wandering lost hero, Mark Hellendrung
2: my two college buddies started Nantucket Nectars and, and I was with them for you know close to a decade and Snapple ended up buying us out. And I was kind of in this period of life where I was just trying to figure out what I wanted to do next. I knew I wanted to start out small again and either start something or mm. buy something. And, and I was literally sitting in a bar, um, Cappy's in Newport, right on uh, Bellevue there. And uh, I was sitting with a buddy and this was 2003 or 2002 and so it was before the real proliferation of all these craft beers. And so we had had like a Sam Adams and a Sierra and and of course Bud Light and everything else was in there. And I said to the bartender, I was like, You must have something else. Like, is there anything else out there? And and this old guy in the corner said, Give the kid a Gansett. And it was it was just incredible. Like the next thing you know, the whole bar is talking about Narragansett and Kirk Gowdy and Red Sox baseball and and all these things. I was just like, wow, what what happened to Narragansett? And then it just Took on a life of its own, really.
0: Okay, in this story, Cappy's Hillside Cafe is where this whole pseudo-origin story begins. Cappy's sits just outside the cobblestone streets of downtown Newport, Rhode Island. But you won't find any Newport tourists milling about here. That's because Cappy's is a locals bar. One of those places with a million stories. In the floors, on the walls, and hiding in the rafters. Generations of Rhode Islanders patron the bar, many of which have connections to the old Gansett.
1: This is a wonderful place here. It's not because of the beer, but it's because of the connection of natives that are left here. And there's very few natives left. It's like a family here. Most of these people I grew up with, and their fathers hung out here too. Uh, Kenny Bidlack, who he could really give you more insight on that. My name's Ken Bidlack, B-I-D-L-A-C-K. 74 years old. I grew up probably drinking underage like a lot of people in the the city here. And the most popular beer back in the days when I started drinking, I was probably 17 or 18, was um, Narragansett. My dad and mom would take my brother and I after work, we'd meet them, and and, um, we'd go in a couple of their favorite bars, and that's all there was in there was Narragansett. That was the most popular. Dad would have Narragansett, and um, all all the guys were up there, and most of the bottles along the bar were Narragansetts.
0: The idea to bring back Narragansett beer began at a local Rhode Island bar, and it would take that same local approach to reignite the brand.
2: Yeah, I did uh, a lot of different things when I got the the brand back. One was just talking to as many people as possible because it, you know, it had fallen on rough times, and I just wanted to get as much information as possible. Like who who were the Heffenraffers, What were they like? That was the family that used to own the brewery. And then we had this great... Uh, I took out an ad in the uh, Cranston Herald, which is like the local paper, and I invited all former brewery workers to come to the VFW Hall and just share their stories. And these people all brought, like, old cans and old advertising and and all this great stuff that we then used to kind of recreate the packaging and the branding and all that stuff. But most importantly was probably um, finding Bill Anderson and and getting that recipe back because it was— I knew enough about brewing beer to be dangerous, but he was—he's a brewmaster, you know what I mean? I'm I'm just some guy who knows a little bit about it.
0: Bill Anderson was the last brewmaster at Narragansett before it shipped out of Rhode Island. And he's really like the wise old mentor character in this heroic journey story when Mark talks about working with Bill his whole demeanor changes and his face lights up electric
2: he he was, uh, <laughs> he, was he was old school to to use a kind of overused cliche um, but he was very uh, specific about how to brew beer and and the standards and the quality and the Technical aspects and and doing it right and you know also like talking to your grandfathers like they don't do it like this anymore and I remember we had uh, when we launched the beer we were at a uh, cello's in East Providence so the TV station was there and and uh, and Bill's there and and so they they poured the first draft beer like they always poured beer which is without a head now they pour it down the side so mm-hmm. you get as much beer as you can and he started yelling at the waitress bartender i'm like bill chill out man we can't get kicked out of our first account on the first day he's like well these people today don't know how to pour beer anymore and it and and so then he goes into the science of why you pour beer with the head and yeah. release all the uh the co2 and all that other stuff to get a more flavorful drinking experience so it was cool it was, it's great it, it just there's so much knowledge that is in those older generations that, that sometimes just doesn't get passed down. That It, it was a privilege and, and, and great joy working with Bill.
0: But the best advice Mark got on his quest to bring back Gansett?
2: I'll never forget Bill Considine, whose dad used to be the uh, vice president of sales and marketing for the brewery back in the day. And then uh, he went on to own a distributorship that was selling Narragansett beer. He, when I got Narragansett back, I sought him out and got a lot of advice from him. But the one thing he said is, Mark, don't fuck it up. And that was, it, it was really just a message to me to stay truthful to the soul and, and just the history and heritage and everything of, of Narragansett Pier. So, yeah. yeah.
0: And Mark's honest about where exactly nostalgia fits into this whole equation. You can only get by on Dr. Seuss memorabilia, old slogans and memories of the Red Sox for so long.
2: It, it's kind of like a blessing in a, in a, I don't want to say a curse, but it's, there's definitely a box around the brand where it's like, if we started a brewery, we could do anything we wanted to right. where now we have to um, explore the beer and our branding and our marketing in like this uh, local and historical context. So it's like, it wouldn't make any sense to do like a, uh, like a Hawaiian luau vibe type right. deal. You know what I mean? But um, so, but, then again nobody has like the the history to play with that that I've got but it's it's really hard because new england's like one of the wackiest places out there in that like I don't I don't know this exactly but new england probably fits in michigan right and everybody rallies around everything michigan whereas connecticut is half boston half new york and rhode island is like this weird place on the side that everyone likes to visit but nobody really wants to move there and then you've got boston which is the hub, right? And then you've got the People's Republic of Vermont, and then you've got, you know, Laconia and, and Bike Week up in New Hampshire, and then Maine, you've got the, the coast. So it's, it's this awesome collection of individuality. And aside from, you know, the patriots, I don't think anyone's really collectively unified it. You know what I mean? It's weird. Yeah.
0: So is that what you guys are going for? Are you? I mean, would that be a nice? we
2: I, I don't. I haven't figured out how to do it. I mean, so maybe <laughs> there's somebody out there who who can and give me a call or shoot me an email or whatever. But part of, I think Narragansett's fitting in is is certainly it's it's story, right? Because it's it's um it's not a you know Super Bowl advertised NASCAR brand. It's got just a, a real history to it, and, and we treat that like foremost and most seriously. It's it's this brand that, that's got 126 years that, that we respect and, and honor and, and try to build upon like a, a building, really, yeah. and just brick by brick and piece by piece. And, and um, you know, it, a brand is kind of just like this collection of promises, right? And if it's the official beer of the Red Sox and made in Rhode Island and this and that and everything else, and you just start canceling all those things, then, then what's left of the brand. And so conversely... To put it back together, we had to brew here. And so that's why getting it going again in Pawtucket was so important.
0: All of the early marketing efforts really centered around a singular goal, one that Mark knew would be essential in bringing back Gansett.
2: I've been doing this for 12 years, and and people, I've always had this promise to start brewing in Rhode Island again. And and, um, the struggle I always went through was like, some things just are gone. You know, like Rhode Island used to have this huge textile industry. And it went south, and then it went to, uh, went to Asia. And it's like, you can't bring that back. You can do small things, and there are makers out there, but th- there aren't the big, large-scale manufacturing facilities anymore. And I was like, can you bring Narragansett back? And, and just people started getting pretty excited about it. And, and it, like I said, it took out, took out a life of its own and almost became like this rallying, crying cause to bring it back.
0: And Mark channeled that rallying cry into a grassroots marketing campaign called Drink Your Part. The idea was simple. A small percentage of every beer sold would go towards opening a new brewery in Rhode Island. So anytime someone took a sip of that straight-from-the-barrel taste, they were drinking their part.
2: This has never been my beer. It's, it's always been New England's beer or the community's beer. And, and it's a part of the community in a, in a weird sort of way. It, it, it's the beer that you enjoy at the beach. It's the beer that you enjoy when you're in New England. Um, it's the beer you enjoy when you're in Florida. The Drink Your Park campaign was sort of born out of, we sort of just said, you know what? I can't will this brewery and I can't will five times greater sales or anything like that. It just, we all have to do it. And, and so that, uh, that became the rallying cry and, and it happened.
0: <laughs> Coming up after the break, Gansett comes home. You're probably listening to this podcast because you want to know what it takes to grow a business. And to do that, you need to know strategy, marketing, sales, and everything in between. If you want to fine tune some of those skills yourself, head over to HubSpot Academy. They offer entire courses as well as shorter individual lessons on blogging, user experience, inbound marketing, sales, even Facebook marketing. Check out their entirely, completely, totally free training at hubspot.com/grow. Did I mention they're free? Go to hubspot.com/grow. That's h-u-b-s-p-o-t.com/grow. Sign up for your first class and get started growing your business.
2: New at 6.30, some great news. Narragansett Beer is the coming home. Complex the, in Patucket, is where the Narragansett in the Brewing R14 Company Arrangeas will soon do out what out it be does best. Back in Rhode Island.
0: In March of 2017, the Narragansett Brewery once again opened its doors to the Rhode Island public. Gansett was finally back home. And no one was more proud than the man who had brought the company back from the brink.
2: See, there were private moments and then there were public moments moments like when we opened the governor was there and so that was like just a very public like hey we all did it and but then there were like private moments with with my team and we're walking around like holy shit this is real and we gotta like start brewing some beer and and all that other stuff so it, <laughs> it was it, it this is gonna sound weird but it was like everything and nothing at the same time where it was like we did it but now what and you just had the it, it and uh I always get choked up when I talk about this. I but, can
0: understand why. Yeah.
2: It was, uh, it was just so extraordinary. But back to what I said, it's like, all right, now what? It's like now we've done it. Now we've got to keep. What's the next chapter? Like the drink your part campaign's over now, right. right? So it's it's um, what's the next campaign and what's the next uh, story and what's the next um, you know, what's the next bar we need to get into and and all those types of things. So I I just sort of take this. Not too high, not too low. You you just sort of weather the storm, and, yeah. and so so yeah. While it was this great moment, there was still always the hey, we gotta we gotta do the next thing here.
1: Hey, buddy. My name is BJ Manfredi. Uh I do a lot of the marketing here at Mary American Do you want me to walk you
2: through the whole system? So these are uh, also three hundred.
0: The brewery complex houses a beer garden, production and bottling houses, and space to host food trucks and outdoor events.
1: When you're pulling the first beer off the line
2: that uh, has been made in Rhode Island in over 35 years, like, that's really a special moment because there's, we're just paying so much homage to all those that came before
1: us and the people that cared about their brand long before we were here. And the people that you know put in a lot of like sweat, time, and energy to, to build it. So it's it's not just about the, the work that went into this place and, and making it come alive. It's it's really about the amount of time it took to get to that.
0: Last fall, I stopped by the brewery for a launch party. Mark, his team, and the whole community were all celebrating the release of a new limited edition beer made right there at the new brewery.
2: We're at the, uh, the Narragansett Brewery here at the Guild in Pawtucket, Rhode Island. This is really our first public party. It's uh, the release of our Bancroft Up or Down Ale, and it's part of our mashup series. And so uh, Bancroft, some people may remember back in the 60s and 70s, Billy Jean King, Bjorn Borg, Martina Navratilova all played wooden Bancroft tennis rackets. And when we were uh, looking at some of the old um, kind of uh, Lay of the land in the neighborhood here, we discovered that the, the Bancroft Tennis Manufacturing Facility was right in the back lot over there. Um, it was built in 1882 with the mission of building the best tennis rackets in the world, and and they did that for a while until the world changed and uh, graphite sort of took over, and they stayed with wood. So it's you know it's a classic story of of uh, I guess not changing with the times, but uh, it's a good crowd and a good day to be here in Pawtucket. So the beer is. Uh, A blonde ale, 4.2% ABV, so a great, uh, easy drinking beer, uh, 20 IBUs. uh, We brew it with Cascade hops, and then we dry hop it with uh, Chinook to give it that nice little uh, aroma at the end. So nice uh, nice drinkable beer for uh, these Indian summer days.
0: And even though many of the folks at the brewery that day are too young to have ever held a Bancroft racket, the source of pride and inspiration behind the beer isn't lost on them. I grab a seat at the launch party with Zach LaCasse.
2: I think a part of it is like, I like how like local it is, even though it just moved back, it still felt like it was like super local. So it's like felt like you were like kind of in a community. Like it's not like, oh my God, this crazy craft beer, but it's good and it just does the job and it's good, good with everything. And like, you can drink it anytime you want, like now. <laughs> but like they had their drink your part like movement and then they came back, and it was like, you drank your part, so we're all back. So everyone kind of feels, like, responsible for it in a way, and it feels more homey and more like a tight-knit community-type beer. But it just feels more important because it's cool to have something like this in your backyard. It's, I'm hoping it gets huge, and that'll be awesome for, like, Rhode Island and the company in general. Like, because some people don't even know what Rhode Island is.
0: <laughs> With the brewery back in Rhode Island and the beer available up and down the eastern seaboard, what's next?
2: It's hard being patient. And it's, you know, we're, we're competitive. And, you know, every, you know, Rhode Island, we're in like 60% of the bars, which probably seems like a lot. But we look at it like, basically, we're in business on one side of the street, and not the other side of the street. Mm -hmm. And that stinks. And it's like, why is that? And so that gets to the frustrating part. And that's Rhode Island, that's our home market. It's not even close to that in New York or, or any place else. As much beer as we sell, um, you know, we're number thirty six in the country. It it there's just so much so many people who don't know the story and so many people who haven't tried the beer and so many bars that don't service and and so it's it's just continually being true to the brand, true to ourselves and, and having fun. I mean, it's just, I view Narragansett as a really continuum that started way before me and will hopefully continue long after me. And it's 126 back and it's that much more forward. But part of the importance of it is really, I I think it's part of this, what I see is just tension in society where like you've got like the Walmarts and everybody just Mm -hmm. sucking the life out of business and, and culture and and all that and people don't i don't think people necessarily want to go there but they have to go there but that's where you get stuff right and and so um like a good buddy of mine's a surfer and and we talk about i'd do it once in a while but he's hardcore and he just talks about like the the soul and the character and the strength of a guy who can surf in the northeast versus you know some guy from california when the waves are always there and the weather's always beautiful and there's there's just that grittiness to New England and the people here good and bad you know it's not it's not perfect here but um I think that kind of plays its way into the brand and the beer and what we're trying to do.
0: Back at Cappy's I'm sitting under a dartboard beside a pool table covered with sandwiches. It's tradition they tell me to bring in sandwiches for the locals every Thursday. I grab one and take a seat with one of Cappy's regulars Kenny Bidlack. We're talking about Gansett's comeback when he tells me about a fear many locals might still harbor towards the brand.
1: It's still having a tough time, I think, getting that popularity back right now. It was it was difficult to get an order in here, and consequently, people would switch to something else. And and then, even if you could get it, nobody wanted it, they they develop other tastes. Um, I just didn't go back to drinking it because you knew it wasn't going to be available, but... Uh, People have gotten older, and they're they're not susceptible to change anymore unless they have to, which is why you go to something else. You know, now again, it wasn't there anymore. So I think it's been gone too long, and um, uh, people aren't aren't going to go back. But I, it's a combination of things: people getting older, getting set in other ways, and plus maybe there's a little bit of uh, feeling that. You know, you get burned once, and uh, no matter what it is, and they, they develop other tastes.
0: Mark and the rest of the folks at Gansett aren't done just yet. And I, for one, will be keeping an eye out for what this brewery has on tap next. This story was produced by Matthew Brown with production assistance from Kieran Peterson. We'd like to thank all the folks at Narragansett Beer and Cappy's Hillside Cafe. You can see behind the scenes photos and learn more about Gansett's history in this week's newsletter, which you can find over at thegrossshow.com. And if you haven't subscribed to the show yet, what are you waiting for? We have a whole season worth of incredible turnaround stories coming your way. So grab a beer and go subscribe now. Next week, we're talking lies, murder, and little green fairies. Okay, I'm your host, Megan Keeney Anderson, and hey, thanks for listening.